This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Don't pull money out of your 401k. That means protecting your savings account. That means being persistent until you're free of that debt. I know it doesn't happen overnight, but if you're consistent with your actions, you will see the result that you want. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do two things. First, we're going to be having a discussion with Erica and Chris Young around how to become a millionaire couple in marriage, even if you disagree financially. Second, we're back with our net worth win segment. This quarter, we're going to be featuring a returning guest, Lawrence Delva Gonzalez, who has grown his net worth by $500,000 in just three years time. Yeah, he's going to share how he and his wife combined forces and how they are just months away from millionaire status as well. All right, let's jump into today's show. My wife, Nicole, and I have had our fair share of disagreements around money. And those disagreements have shifted over the years too. Too much saving, too little saving, too much spending, too little spending, all of the different categories, right? And through the years, even though we don't always agree, we both agree that having different viewpoints and perspectives is a positive for our relationship. So with that theme in mind, I've invited a power couple who have been married for over 25 years, and they happen to be financial educators as well. So it's a good pairing. Chris and Erica Young are our guests today. Chris and Erica have successfully become millionaires, helped one daughter graduate from college debt-free, and the other one is on the way. They also host a podcast called For Better and Worth that shows couples how to have a healthy net worth and a happy, lasting relationship. Welcome to the show, Chris and Erica. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Yeah, very excited about it, Andy. Absolutely. It's great to see you virtually. I know we just saw each other in person recently, which was great as well. It's great to talk to you either way. So let's talk about this. Do you believe it's okay for couples to disagree about money? And if so, why? That's a good question. And Uh, I'm laughing already, Andy. Good. That's what we're trying to do. We want to have some fun with this topic. (laughs) Well, we're going to disagree anyway. So you might as well embrace it, right? I just feel like we're never going to agree on every single thing. So let's figure out how to make it work for us instead of making it a drawback, right? Uh, I feel like if we're both saying the same thing and doing the same thing, then somebody's unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me. It's true. (laughs) I'm definitely not me, right? Well, but Chris, I'll ask you, maybe this is uh, maybe more of a male thing. Why do we want to be right? I guess male or female, like, why do we want to be right? Why do we not want to disagree? Why do we want our spouses to agree with us all the time? Is that just something innate in humans? It's innate in men, Andy. I'll just say that. But you know, we'll let him talk. We'll let him talk. Uh, We're off to to a fast start, Andy. So we sure are, man. How are we getting teamed up on? There's two of us and one of her. I don't get it. <laughs> we got to turn the tables, man. <laughs> but I think I think everybody has their point of view. Everybody sees things the way they see them. And I know I'm guilty of this. 
is that if you can't see it the way I'm seeing it because it's most logical, then why wouldn't you? And so I oftentimes try and, you know, win Erica over to my side of the argument and lay out the facts and lay out the logic and the reason. But I think we all try and do that. And it's not necessarily, you know, good or bad. But I think it's one of those things where we always feel like our way is the best way or our thought process is the best way. So I think that's why we end up, you know, not wanting to disagree because you get to a pattern where it's more smooth sailing if you can get somebody on your side. So then you don't have to try and woo them over. Yeah, I think also that we are going to have bumps in the road, but. It's the end goal we're going for. It's not necessarily that the journey itself has to be a certain way. It can be multiple paths to the same destination. And I think we can get caught up in the weeds trying to make sure that the journey to get there is exactly the way we want it to be. And I think we have to disconnect ourselves from having it our way, getting there and knowing that we're on the same page about the final destination or whatever that goal is that you're trying to reach. And we can mince words over, you know, the process all day long, but that's unhelpful if really we're ultimately either trying to get out of debt or get to a savings level or in our case right now, you know, remodel our home. I mean, the process might be different. It might look different, but I think, you know, the end goal is that we're going to just have a beautiful kitchen, right? It's funny because it can be the lack of money that can cause disagreements. And it can also be the presence or the surplus of money in your lives post debt freedom or post these goals that you've done where disagreements can happen as well. Is that right? I would, I would say so because, you know, We've talked and I feel like I've worked really hard and Erica's worked really hard. And I think we all start to adopt this mentality that, well, I can do what I want. You know, I've earned it. You know, I, <laughs> I can go out and, you know, spend how I want to spend because we don't have debt and we don't have those limitations. But I will say this. Here's where I've seen the benefit in us arguing or not so much arguing, but disagreeing. It allows you to see both sides. And sometimes, you know, I tend to go fast because I'm on steps six, seven, and eight, and Erica is back on steps one, two, and three. But because she goes slower and I go fast, it makes me slow down. And sometimes it makes her speed up, but it gets us to a point where we where we meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I slow down, it makes me stop and evaluate sometimes. And when she speeds up, it makes her see some of the bigger pictures, some of the broader context of things. So that's one area where I definitely can say that disagreeing has helped us. Yeah, actually, it helps us to grow. And then it helps us to to understand one another better and appreciate the fact that we're different. So I just think that we take this approach that it has to be agreement. And I prefer to use the term alignment, like we are aligned that we want to get somewhere or we're aligned that we want to see this end result and how we do that might turn out differently. Like he calculates money differently and I have to pause and say, let him calculate it that way. It's totally fine instead of trying to control the thing because I'm the budget woman, right? Like I just, I have to disconnect from his process and say, all right, he's, he got to that conclusion himself and that's totally fine. That's how he needs to see it. And that's, that works. Because I use regular math, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Erica uses fuzzy math. No, 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 no. My right is my, see, my right. My right is always right. My way is always right. It's engineering math. This is, 
This is the way of the world. What are you talking about? Yeah, you can't deny that you have engineering education, can you? Thank you very much, Andy Hill. Thank you very much. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, maybe you guys have an example for us as a couple, because it's always nice to peer into other couples' lives and see how things are really going. Talk to us about a time where you guys maybe had a disagreement on some financial decision you guys were making, but that disagreement or that fight, whatever you want to call it, ultimately led to where you guys wanted to go in alignment. I think the most pertinent example is literally these renovations that we're undergoing right now. Yeah. Because we decided that we were going to, you know, stay in our home versus move. And that was the the wise thing to do because we're not going to incur debt. You know, we didn't want to deplete our savings and buy another house. So we said we're going to renovate. And we started out, we were going to do one project or another project this year. Then we said, no, we're going to do both projects. And then we started running the numbers. And it's double the cost when you do both. <laughs> and, and you know, there's, there's project creep, scope creep. And so you got to account for that because it's never what you budget for. It's always a little beyond that. And so we finally said, okay, wait a minute. Let's just do one. And so we started looking at it because I was like, well, if we're going to mess the house up, let's just do it all at once. You know, let's just tear it up and it'll all be beautiful at the end. And then... You know, when I started to slow down, I was like, well, well, well wait a minute. This this seems like a, a lot of money because we didn't want our savings to go below a certain level. And once we really started to sit down and talk about it, we were able to land on do one project. Mm-hmm. But in that, I was frustrated because, like I said, I've I've already gone through the process. You know, I put my project management hat on and I was like, step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And Erica's like, well, hold on. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> hold on. Let me let me get through steps one, two, and three. I'm the like, tar- literally. turtle. Literally. And so it, it created some contention, you know, between the, the two of us. But I think by knowing that at the end of the day, we wanted a completed project that was beautiful, that we would both be happy with, it forced us to stop and really have some conversation about what we would do, how we would do it. And because we were doing one project versus the other, we said, okay, we won't sacrifice. We can, you know, let let some of the scope creep into there and we could do some some higher level things with, you know, fixtures or lights or whatever. And that made her happy. Mm-hmm. And then she found, you know, lesser cost things and that made me happy. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it took, we probably disagreed for two months. We probably were not necessarily on the same page with that for a couple months. And then the numbers really spoke. And then where I think we really found alignment was we said, all right, so if this is the end result we're looking for in this particular project, will we be happy? Will we be satisfied with the the end result? And we're like, yes. So now let's figure out how to pursue that. And I think we've both made, you know, a little couple compromises here and there. And we've both allowed a little extra spending here and there. But we're pleased with the phases we're in right now, I would say. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I think that's great. And you guys used a really good example. What I kept hearing throughout that was that you made time for additional communication. Talk about how that is maybe the special sauce because when you're doing busy things like being married, having jobs, running your own business, going to work, raising kids, 
doing a home remodel, time starts to crunch down. So talk about how you guys make time for those conversations or how you suggest that to couples. I think it's funny because people think it's cliche when you say you got to have good communication. And like I, I work, you know, a corporate job and I'm very busy. I travel. I'm on lots of calls. And like literally we have to schedule time with each other sometimes because if I'm if I'm not gone or I'm not on some call or something, it's like, OK, well, what does your schedule look like? And so we'll put stuff on the schedule. But it really isn't cliche because if we didn't make room for those conversations, then she could walk away you know, with some level of resentment towards me, or I could walk away with a level of frustration towards her. And so what we've done is we've said, okay, it's important that we stop to hear the other person. And that's really where I think people go wrong is that they don't give space to hear what the other person is saying. And let's be honest, everybody just wants to be heard. And if you can be heard and then not only you know, not only hear them, but listen to what they're saying, then you can get some meaningful compromise that can come out of that. But yeah. And, and I, I would say being intentional. I mean, there have been times when Chris has actually said to me, let's go get coffee so that we can get out of the house, not have the dog distracting us, not have the laundry or the dishes, you know, just let's go have a money meeting intentionally over coffee. And we've done that several times to just escape our space and focus. And so, you know, I definitely tell people, maybe it's just 15 minutes once a week. Maybe it's just Mm -hmm. an hour, you know, on a Saturday morning to, you know, talk about some heavy decisions, or maybe it's a drive, you know, when we're going to pick up our daughter from IU, for instance, or, I mean, and you have that dedicated time. I think just being intentional about that time and, knowing specifically what you're going to talk about. Because I think the other thing is we can get to that time and then not know why we're there, right? And so let's also be intentional with the content of the time because otherwise you'll have a meeting and you'll not know what was said. <laughs> That's true. You you tend to come with an agenda I to do. the meeting. You know, if it's a short meeting, Erica has an agenda. Mm-hmm. If it's a long meeting, Erica has an agenda. This is true. This is so. true. I will admit. There's my engineer friend again. <laughs> there, there it is. Steps one, two, <laughs> let's go. Yes. I think it's funny. She's an engineer. I'm an MBA. And, you know, I see the big picture and strategy and she's into the tactics and the, you know, the process. So it works well. Yeah. I was going to say, I could see how this this wealthy family came together. This, this, is, this is very nice. We were not always very... wealthy, but we learned how to work it out, you know, on I a, on a yeah. yearly basis. If you want to hear more of the background, too, I'm going to share the the session that Eric and I had a few years ago where we talked a little bit more about their money background, how they worked through that debt, and eventually made their way to a millionaire family, which is incredible. There's somebody listening right now, and they're saying, wow, that's incredible. That's like the dream to be able to have great conversation with my spouse, build our wealth to comfortable millionaire status and help our kids graduate college debt-free. They're listening. They're inspired. What is one small piece of advice you would leave with them at the end of this conversation so they can move forward in that direction? Maybe they're just getting started as a couple and they're saying, this is where I want to go. What's one piece of advice you'd leave with them? Be consistent. Be consistent. Just Know that if you don't take your eye off of the eventual goal that you want or off the prize or off the vision that you have and you're consistent, and that means don't pull money out of your 401k, 
That means protecting your savings account. That means, you know, being persistent until you're free of that debt. I know it doesn't happen overnight, but if you're consistent with your actions, you will see the result that you want. And the same with your kids. Your kids will see that consistency. They have to see you over time doing the same things and eventually seeing that progress. And I think it's also okay to share that progress with your kids. There were a few pivotal moments in our life where we shared, we're out of debt, guys. And they were, you know, two and six or something. You know, they were young at the time, but it was exciting for us. And we shared that. Or we shared, okay, we're moving and we're buying this house. And guess what? This is what, you know what I mean? Like, this is what it costs. And and then when we reach some financial milestones, we share that with our kids again. And and how you handle each one of those wins or how you, you know, let them know that consistency pays off when they see that in you, then they can believe that it's true for themselves as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll be quick. I'll say one thing, you know, don't major on the minors. Yeah, We make such a big deal about so many small things. And if you really just focus on the big things that matter, that will put you on the progress to on the road to progress. So focus on the things that really matter and don't let all these little things that become distractions or speed bumps get you off your road, but stay focused on the things that really matter. So you guys are hitting me at the right time with this advice. Thank thank you very much. I appreciate (laughs) that. Speaking of great advice that you guys can hear on a weekly basis, tell us about your new podcast and where people can listen to it and what it's called. Yeah, so our podcast is called For Better and Worth. We don't believe you have to sacrifice your relationship while you build your net worth. And so we talk about our journey, our missteps, but also the ways that you can, you know, just gain a little bit of insight and encouragement on your journey to whatever financial freedom looks like for you, as well as to make sure that you have a a lasting and, and happy relationship, too. We try and touch on things that are, you know, current going on in our lives or experiences that we have that are out there. And people can find it on any of the platforms where they listen to podcasts. We got a YouTube page. We're working on that to get to video. And But, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, all those places, they can find us anywhere. Absolutely. And the best way to do that is right now, guys. While you're listening to this show, just type in your favorite podcast player for better and worth. Check it out. Thanks for having us, Andy. It was a pleasure. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs 
Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up, the code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. I love talking about increasing your net worth. This is our barometer for wealth building success. Today, we're going to speak with an investor who has grown his net worth to over $800,000 by age 40. Lawrence Delva Gonzalez is our guest today. Lawrence lives with his wife, Doreen, in Miami, Florida. And when he's not building his family's wealth, he loves watching anime, traveling the world, and hosting his podcast called The Financial Griot. Welcome back to the show, Lawrence. Thank you. Thank you for having me back here. It's always a great opportunity, a great chance to really chat with you, especially since your show has been like instrumental to my growth. I loved it from the beginning to end. If you listen to this now, go back to the beginning. It really is a journey. I really appreciate that, Lawrence. And you've been a part of that journey too, sharing your story. I think it's probably been a couple of years since you were on the show, sharing when you and your wife got together and how you're combining your finances and growing your wealth. So this is almost like a check back in episode a little bit on how you guys are doing. So let's talk a little bit about when you started building your wealth. I guess what got you motivated to get started? Yeah, that's a good question. Majority of that is just people. From the very beginning when I was a kid, I grew up in Haiti. My mom couldn't take care of me, so she had to send us to live in Haiti for a very long time. And every day, we, my, my, my aunt would basically send me out to go to school. When you're three years old, you're going to school. You kind of have to pay attention, and you pay attention to people and the ebb and flow of everybody waking up in the morning and really trying to do the best they can to provide for their family. That motivated me to no ends. And until like 2012, when I was unemployed at the time, I just started thinking, like, if I have any amount of money, I'm going to do more and more with it and actually give back. And that's what really started my journey. I love that. And yeah, you definitely give back with your platforms and your show. And a lot of it, when I see you sharing in this transparent way that we're doing right now, it's in a spirit of like rising all boats. What information can I give? And you probably got that from your upbringing where other people were contributing and pitching in to make this all work. So let's talk about the net worth in general. Like, what do you guys do for income and how do you and your wife make money? And like, what's your general income range for making this net worth grow like it has? Well, I work from home now, so I'm not quite sure if I really go to work, but either way, <laughs> I am a federal auditor by trade. My wife is an event planner for a corporation that works in part with Facebook. 
So that's what we do for work. That's what we love to a certain point in order for us to get to, you know, retiring early. Talk to us about what your net worth consists of. I think that's a big part of the message in transparency too, to try to help people understand what is net worth and what does this all mean? So what does your net worth consist of? Yeah, our net worth is consisted of our assets minus our liabilities. So the biggest part of our assets is about a, a million, it's over a million dollars, over a million, like $100,000. That's the assets part. And the liabilities are $261,000. So it's kind of like when you net it out, it's 800 and, and some, depending on the day, <laughs> like when the market fluctuate. But ultimately, that comprises of what assets is half and half our investments. And the rest is also the value in our home equity and a couple of this cash or whatever, a little bit here and there. But for the most part, it's basically like half and half. While our debt themselves are basically the, the houses, uh, over $175,000, and our student loan, at least my student loan, like my wife likes to put it, it's my student loan, $88,000. So that's where you're getting those numbers from. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So talk to me about the investment side of things. Is this in a retirement account? Are these homes? Talk to us about what investments means to you and what that is. Yeah. At the very beginning of this journey, instead of just approaching it as debt freedom or financial journey, I was a tax major by by trade. So I started noticing that if you invest more into your 401ks and stuff like that, they're going to give you additional tax benefits. And because of it, I took full advantage. So therefore, we invest in our 100% in the 401k our Roth IRA, because we're a little bit over now based off of income, as well as in our HSA. So in combination, we're putting in anywhere around like $72,000 within all of these growth brackets. And on top of that, we do have an M1 account so for our after-tax portfolio. So that's what we use because we, like we like the platform. It just looks cool. And we, we stash as much money as possible in there to the tune of hopefully getting to that total of $90,000 a year. I love that. Yeah, M1 has got a, a fantastic platform. If I hadn't jumped in on Vanguard early on and just gotten so used to it, I think M1 would have been my way to go. I think the the ability for you to invest easily and... Auto, the auto circle is just like, like, hey... And it's like, why do you like it? Because it has colors and it has a circle. Like, yeah, so I was going to say, because it's beautiful. you know. And, and if you could make finance beautiful, then I think you're doing a good job. So good job, Edwin, on that one. Talk to me about your after-tax side, because you talk about the tax benefits of investing in a 401k and you know things like a, an IRA. Talk to me about your plan with the after-tax side. Is this just to have some flexibility with when you want to use the money? Or are you just doing some just general diversification of these different tax brackets so you have the options? Yeah, so it's basically having as much options as possible because we want to retire in the next 15 years. We want to make sure that we're putting in as much as possible to reach our fire goals, whatever that may be. But ultimately, those extra funds themselves would be used almost like dividends. So we're going to basically stash as much as a million dollars in there. And we're going to hopefully that it grows to that much. And from that point on, take around like $30,000 um, from there every year so that we're not touching on the principal. Our goal is to eventually retire, use some money from my pension, as well as that the dividends to really cover the entire spread of what we need. And anything else, we're just going to be able to, one, donate to friends, family, and other small businesses, try to really grow the community as much as possible. So when you talk about your pension, now, is that a part of working for the federal government? Are you going to be able to yes. take advantage of that earlier than, you know, the typical 59 and a half guy like me or something like that with my 401k? Or is that around that time, too? It's around that time. However, we'll be able to get out just shortly prior before because I was also served in the military. So I was able to buy back some of my military time and it counts for my retirement time. It's just a very tricky math, but it saves me like two years. But on the top of that, the, the federal government has a first 
supplement, which kind of covers from your pension to your social security, which is very odd because I've never heard anybody do it. So it's almost like I'm living this in a theory sense. I can only tell you that it exists, but I haven't actually done it yet. But the idea is that they cover anywhere between what would be your pension to your social security. So you're basically getting a little bit of extra money to survive in that point as well. So there's there's a lot there to diversification and also guess taking cash out differently. Yeah, and then that bridge for early retirement for you guys too with your taxable brokerage that gives you options on the time frame as well instead of uh, having to wait for you know utilizing your four hundred one k or your IRAs and things like that in the future. So this is great. You got a lot of investment options now. I heard you say houses when you said liabilities. So do you guys have a rental property or you guys own two houses personally? How does that work? Yes, we have our own primary home and then we have a rental and we're actually going to move to Orlando, hopefully next year or even a year and a half from now. And that's where we're going to actually buy our true family home or I guess forever wow. home. Awesome. And then we'll, we'll keep this one as a rental again. So we're just adding a little bit of that as well. Do you have family in Miami or is you guys just choosing Orlando because it's cool? Well, I'm originally from Miami. She's originally from Orlando. So we're going back to be closer to her family. One, because her mom is a great cook. So I'm, you know, shameless plug. I'm just trying to get there closer so I can get free food. <laughs> I hate to slide in for some free food here and there. And for dog sitting, because we love to travel. So we're going to drop the dog off and just take off. We have the same path. We moved slightly closer to my mother-in-law, who's from Baghdad. And man, they have great, great food in the Middle East and Iraq. It's just like, she just, you know, vats of food. She's like, she, she drops in like, you know what? That's all I need. And we dropped our kids off for the babysitting too. So yeah, we definitely are on the same boat there. Absolutely. So assets, liabilities, that's what makes up that net worth. $800,000 at age 40. And you guys are talking about, you know, big dreams now. We're talking about maybe getting a, another house in Orlando. Talk to me about the other dreams that are beyond this number that you're on right now. And then how you're going to get there. What's exciting you over the next 10 years of your life, Lawrence? The next 10 years? Well, it's really always been about travel. I think the last time I was on here was in 2020, like in October or so. And at the time, like we traveled to 12 countries in like 14 days. So that was a great trip. Last year, we traveled to what? Two or three, you know, two countries. We went to Spain and Portugal at the same time. So we've been enjoying this travel thing that we're doing. And then we're going to three countries at the end of the year. So every year for our, our anniversary, we just love to travel. By the time we retire, we're going to do a full year of just traveling, just picking up and going, just kind of stop in one location, look at the map, look at the time, like, well, time to leave and fly to another location and see how that goes. So that's part of the, the plan that we have to really enjoy our lives and also try to be as impactful as possible to other people because we see the, the net positives of the personal finance movement share this information and help people and enjoy your life at the same time. Now, Lawrence, as we're talking, this near million dollar net worth, traveling the world, it wasn't always like this for you, right? Talk to me about the zero net worth days or the negative net worth. Talk to me about this when this started, man. How, how did you get, like, how did you it get hooked on existed. it? Obviously, I'm, I survived <laughs> overnight. Yes, there was a time that did not have any money at all. And that was in 2012. To be honest, at the very beginning, I had negative $125,000 worth of student loan debt. That's all I had to my name and I had no job. So the first thing I did, took a job making 23K per year is around $1,000 a month. 
which was pretty much what it was because they only paid us once a month. So that's all I had to make work. And I had to figure out ways to be very creative with that. And because I was very creative, I kind of kept the same fundamentals, the same discipline about it. And by the time I got to zero net worth, that's when I actually met my wife. Maybe it was serendipity. Maybe it was something else. It was just very odd that the same year, almost like a month from that point, I actually met my wife and she was just kind of like under journey. Well, she was just kind of being herself, like relaxed. And we just were able to connect. And ever since then, we, we were able to just be on the same page, pay down our debts, well, pay down her debts really fast. So she's debt free. She can actually say that. Yeah, and actually building together. And I think the last time I was on the show, our net worth was $380,000. So half a million dollars in three years. Yeah. And all through the pandemic where a lot of people think it's impossible. I think overall, that's what changed in my mindset. I started thinking about ways to make things possible. And I know that the odds are stacked against everybody, but part of it is like, are you asking about the other question, which is how can you make it possible? How can you make it, you know, how can you solve for this problem? How can you account for this? What can you actually do? And once I took accountability for myself in that regard, it was easier to kind of move along the, the journey. And then one day is exponential. Then you look back, you're like, I was last time I was on this show, I was, you know, I was at this level. Now I'm twice that level. And next year we'll be millionaires. It's insane. Obviously, the romantic benefits and partnership benefits of marriage are fantastic, but you can't deny when you get two people on the same path together and combine incomes and combine just general goals together, that that path grows exponentially as well. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I think that's, I, I would not be here without her. I think a lot of people, I guess once I used to listen to a lot of more, uh, read other blogs, there are almost no mention of the spouses. Like, <laughs> as if the spouses were invisible. And that's why I love your show, because it's not an invisible spouse or invisible kids. You really get to know that everybody is part of this system that makes it all work. And if it wasn't for my wife being as supportive with the plan, or even every once in a while, I was like, I don't know, but then she goes along with it anyways. <laughs> now she's buying in more. And it's up until like this week, she actually fully bought in to how our plan was going to work. Because part of it is like, you don't know. Like, I don't know. I can only theorize we're going to get there. And the more we look back now, we see our numbers. It's like, wow, this is actually very much possible. And you can only do that with, you know, somebody along with you. Even if it's a friend, even if it's a community, somebody needs to be, you know, in your back pocket, in your corner to support you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it sounds like you have a great partner in Doreen and you guys have these goals together, which are fun because it's not only just the numbers, it's what you get from the numbers. You guys are traveling the world. You guys are getting security. You're being able to actually create a path for early retirement. These are huge goals that people would love to have. Talk to the person who is maybe near that negative net worth or zero net worth position right now. And they say, man, I would love to be at $800,000 or near a million dollars next year. What's one piece of advice you'd leave that individual so that they can grow their net worth like you have? One piece of advice is to write your story. Instead of actually following everybody else's story, yeah, you could take notes, you could take tidbits or even understanding, but write your own story. Be okay and at peace with that. Not everybody's going to be the, the influencer of a lifetime, right? You can actually just be happy, and I'm, I think I'm okay with that. Sometimes you don't have to be number one in the team, you could be number two, and you should be, if you're okay with that, you'll find a lot of happiness. So it's not about a dollar num number, it's someone with like, if you're at a negative point and you need to work on your, your budget, then you work on your budget. If you need to work on your, your discipline, then you work on your discipline. You try not to skip steps. Try not to, to wish for somebody else's life. Wish for your life and improvement within yourself and your life will always get better. So that's what I'd say to that. If you could look back that long and say, wow, 
could I imagine myself in this position in 2023? I think you'd probably be saying the same thing that this individual might be saying right now. Oh, I can't imagine myself being there. But with those little steps and that progress, it comes over time. And Lawrence is proof of that. Lawrence, tell people where they can connect with you. I know you're all over Instagram and, and the, <laughs> the podcast. Tell people where they can connect with you and learn more about what's going on with the Neighborhood Finance Guy. Anybody could connect with me on my website, www.theneighborhoodfinanceguy, but that actually links to the, the Instagram, which is always so by the same name, the entire name all the way through. Sorry, it's not that easy to get. <laughs> and at the same time, you can also find me and two other co-hosts on the Financial Grill, where we talk about financial stories, and we love to interact with people on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's not just about the money. I think people get hung up with the dollars but not about everything else that makes more sense, like your life, your 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 joy, your your spirit, your mental health, or even just the fact that you go outside and just catch some sun. So when we try to interact with people, we give them a little bit more. Yeah, I could give you everything as far as financial secrets, returns, and, and all types of analysis, you know, this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy, it doesn't matter the amount of money that you have. You have to find that within yourself. I love that. Yeah. Financial Grio. It's easy to do if you're listening to this podcast right now. Just type that in Financial Grio in your favorite podcast player. And again, neighborhoodfinanceguy.com. Lawrence, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me yet again on this show. This has been amazing. And to any guests that's listening to this, like, yeah, go back to the original episodes. You'll find that he's been on the journey. And I think that's the most important thing. He changed from the beginning to end, from debt-free to fire, to coast fire. And I think now you're on the path to just pure happiness. So I think I love that. I'm in part-time chill mode at this point. I love it, man. <laughs> and I'll definitely link our past interview as well so you guys can hear Lawrence's progress as well. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you. A quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I wanted to ask you a quick favor. If you liked this episode, if you liked any of the episodes, please consider sharing them with a friend or sharing them on social media. The best way for more people to find and consider this family empowering podcast is from recommendations from people like you people that listen to it. So please text a friend with this episode or another one of your favorites. Tell them why you like it and why they should check it out. That would mean the world to me. Or you could share it directly on social media where you got more friends, right? Be sure to tag your friend Andy at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram or Facebook or at Andy Hill MKM on LinkedIn. Mostly not checking any of the other social medias at this point. I'm trying to limit my social media use to these three areas. Anyway, tangent. I appreciate your support and putting this message out there and helping others grow their family wealth and happiness. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Jay Shetty. Love becomes more enjoyable when you know each other, watch each other grow, and grow together. Here's to your happy, healthy, and wealthy marriages, everyone. Carpe diem. <laughs>